From now on, we set an example. We become a model of what this place needs. Order, discipline, chain of command. We have to make those people up there feel safe. They'll leave, all of them. We have to defend this ranch with our lives, or they will be slaughtered, all of them. This place, this place is all we have. And right now, it is teetering. And the only thing that can save it is us. Now, I'm not gonna draw a line on the floor. I'm not asking whether you're with me. You are with me, all of you. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Duncan. I'm Rayma. And this is the Walking Dead Cast, episode two sixty nine. A couple of reminders before we get started. This uh, this is the last week that we're going to be publishing our separate MP three version. So if you're still listening to that and you want to keep up with us, go to your podcast app and look up Walking Dead Cast. And the first one that comes up with the yellow podcast artwork is our main feed. And just subscribe to that one, and you should be good. Or if you can't work it out, then uh, send me an email and let me know what's going on. Brains at podcastica.com. Also, I wanted to remind you this podcast is made possible by listeners like you who support us on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash Jason and Karen if you want to learn about some good rewards and maybe kick in a few bucks. And number three, welcome back, Rima. Hi. Welcome back. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) Thank you. Welcome back. Um. (laughs) Yeah, Cindy had a, is on vacation, so uh, we're glad to have you back to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. Totally, and I'm I'm glad to talk to you for the first time. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You guys have never... <laughs> but you're on the Facebook thing, chatting back yep. and forth. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. We'll see if you guys actually like each other when you're <laughs> speaking to each other. <laughs> oh, we do. I can tell you already. We do. Totally. <laughs> okay, cool. It's weird, huh? You guys have heard each other's voices but never spoken. Anyways, let's yeah. get going. <laughs> Attention shoppers. Deadcast Top 3 in 5, 4, That sounds like a, somebody puking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just add a splash sound and it'll be good. I know. <laughs> oh, God. That's pretty funny. Okay, it's our Deadcast Top 3 this week. It's Top 3 Highlights for Season 3, Episode 6, Vomit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Red Dirt. <laughs> and uh, what did you guys think? Rima, what did you think of this week's episode? 
Um, I liked it. Um, it was a little slow paced, but it seems to be working, I think, for the show this season. Not everything has to be action packed. And when we have these slower episodes, we get some really great character development and movement yeah. in the story. So I think that it works. You know, I don't mm-hmm. always have to have the super action packed, you know, with the walkers and, you know, uh, somebody always dying every episode or something. So I liked it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, sometimes on The Walking Dead, when we get a slow episode, some people call it filler. And sometimes I agree with that. It does feel like it's not just because it's slow. It's also about the story where it feels like this unnecessary side quest or something or that doesn't have that much impact or just isn't that interesting. But these slow episodes are kind of gripping, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of really good character development this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. What yeah. did you think of it in general, Duncan? I thought it was good. Yeah, a little bit slow in terms of action, but uh, I didn't really think that it needed it. I was pretty captivated by the the developments and the way that certain characters were behaving and the the groups that are starting to form the couples. Um, all through, all my top three are couples of people and yeah their interactions there's nick shooting with otto there's alicia in bed with jake and (laughs) yeah madison buddied up with troy yeah so they're really my three getting integrated into the into the group here which i think is is pretty cool because yeah me too i feel like you know in the past i've kind of felt like ah, nick and strand are carrying this show and now I don't feel like that anymore. I still think they're both great characters, but they get the benefit of being in a really interesting, rich show. I had uh, I talked with somebody over the weekend who um, who knows the actor that plays Travis. She's uh, she's from New Zealand and uh, has Maori blood, Maori royalty apparently, and uh, so she knows Travis. And uh, she hadn't hadn't been watching the show because she doesn't like Nick apparently. Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of people don't like Nick, and I, I can understand that, especially if you've had an addict in your life that's just been a drain or, or stolen from you or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, I always want to be empathetic and um, so I don't want to come down against anyone who's addicted, but I'm just saying sometimes, you know, if I know some of our listeners, I can tell that they've just gone through the ringer with somebody. (laughs) Yeah, I believe it. So um, what did she say? Did she uh, uh, say anything about his name's Cliff Curtis? Like I get the impression he was just like, I don't want to be in part of the show anymore. Get me out of here. Really? That's what you thought? Um, yeah, she didn't really say much about him. We were at a party, so it was just kind of passing dialogue um, amidst talking about various TV shows. But she said he's a cool guy. <laughs> That's pretty much all I got. Because <laughs> the one thing I didn't report but I read is uh, that when early on when Travis came into the house and saw a zombie eating a dog and he just like walk up to the guy, what's up, dude, you know, trying to help him. Uh, oh snap that cliff curtis was like telling the director and the writers hey dude i wouldn't do that i wouldn't go near that guy (laughs) yeah yeah understandably so yeah so and that's what we all thought when we saw it on tv too (laughs) (laughs) okay let's get into our top three rima why don't you go first so my number three um, is the alignment of the clarks and autos you know we see how the pairing of Nick and Jeremiah, uh, Madison and Troy, and Alicia and Jake. And I just, I I found a really interesting 
to see how, you know, Nick and um, Alicia kind of took with their mom's advice, which kind of unknowingly, it's like they didn't really talk about doing that or like have a plan, or at least if they did, we did not see the formation of it. But to see how they, they have paired off in Nick and Jeremiah, you kind of have these two, like they share like dark sides with their addictions and, yeah. and you know, kind of Nick having um, right. a lack of a father figure and maybe... Jeremiah, although not the best father figure, I think, to have, you know, has kind of taken him under his wing mm-hmm. and helped him with that house in the last episode. He's taken him target shooting. And in this episode, we see Alicia and Jake getting closer and closer. Um, and then, of course, Madison and Troy, that whole relationship's been developing over several episodes. But to see where it has went, um, this this episode was definitely pretty interesting. So that's, that's my number three. Well, I thought I was going to like podcasting with you, Rima. <laughs> you just took all three of mine and turned them into one point. Yeah. <laughs> you can expand. But, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like uh, uh, Otto might be actually being nicer to Nick than to his own, own sons, which happens, you know? It's kind of like how yeah. your grandparents spoil the grandkids. I thought it was interesting that, you know, he's in this rough place. He turns back to drinking, and instead of going to his own family for support, he ended up at. Nick's place maybe because it's a sacred Mm -hmm. spot to him like you mentioned they conceived the movement at that place but also also yeah sometimes it's easier to open up to somebody who you don't have a history with right Right. you know he's like I've been sitting here drinking all night like where where have you been (laughs) (laughs) I love that and he's like catch up (laughs) he's like I'm high on life and and he's like oh that's a good one (laughs) yeah I thought this was great that Nick said that not who me yeah I did too and then I also liked that uh, Nick kind of swept it under the rug. Like, eh, don't worry about last night when he was about to apologize for shooting his yeah, gun. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And uh, For I smashing think, his cabinet full of glass. And yeah. And I think, <laughs> Rima, you kind of alluded to it, that they both share. I mean, they've alcohol, let's face it, is just another drug. And Nick's had a lot of really low experiences with that. So he understands. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah he know he knows that like based on his heroin use that he isn't necessarily who he is when he's on heroin and that right. he'll do things that he'd want people to forgive him for. So exactly, I think he sees that with Otto and is more willing to be forgive uh, forgiving to him for mm-hmm. what he did. I mean, he didn't really do anything super bad. You know? <laughs> you know, I came into this because I'm one of these liberals that uh, Otto is sort of. Uh, you know, right. chastising or whatever. So I came <laughs> into this kind of ready judgment. to not like this guy. And, um, you know, I think it, it, they've done such a great job of making him a fully fleshed out character with, I think he's got some huge prejudices, but, um, I, you know, when you get to know anybody, you can sort of look past that stuff and, uh, and this show is good at that making me go, oh, this is a sweet relationship between Nick and this guy. You know, I'm enjoying yeah. watching it, even though I don't like where this guy's coming from necessarily. <laughs> yeah, I was sort of in the same boat. Like, um, I liked that he was a prepper, but I didn't, you know, I thought that he was going to be an antagonist. Um, yeah. Bring him and in. I wasn't necessarily a fan of his right off the bat, but after they've sort of rounded him out and you become more familiar with the nuances and subtleties of his psychology... He's, you know, he's understandable and relatable. Right. But I still think that it's fairly likely he will end up being an antagonist. I don't know. We, we'll see. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly possible. Right. I do like that he uh, had Nick shooting this episode, um, shooting the gun off. And yeah, you know, Nick last episode, he's like, that's not me. You know, I'm not the guy with the gun. 
Right. Well, and speaking of him, you know, having shooting the gun this episode, they also kind of made a point to show Nick wearing it on the holster that yeah. he's not just shooting, he he's wearing it. Out. Yeah. Yeah, he was open carrying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not only that, he went from last week like, oh, I, I mean, I'm not a gun guy to this week. He shot Gretchen in the That's face. That's right. He was the yeah. one because Madison <laughs> couldn't bring herself to do it, which I don't actually right. believe she would have just blown that girl away. But um, yeah, that was a moment of weakness for Madison. He, it was interesting. He did it. And uh and that's pretty significant. And it and I, I think that actually in some ways speaks to a little bit of a weakness with Nick. He kind of blows wherever the wind goes sometimes. But on the other hand, it's good in the zombie apocalypse to Yeah, it's good to be have an open mind. Take up the gun. Yeah, and have an open mind. That's true. Yeah. Um so there are a couple things that Otto had said. He said, you know, like that song, you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with, goes the same for hitting people. <laughs> right. So he uh, he hit Troy in that circumstance but who do you think he wanted to hit i don't know I mean, if himself. you can't hit the person you want say himself you hit the one you're with right so you think jake. he was referring to himself well if jake was there too he could have hit jake <laughs> I, I don't think that really made that much sense because he was so drunk okay yeah i figured <laughs> i'd ask you guys because i couldn't yeah. put it together yeah i was kind of trying to i mean i think i thought the point was more like you end up hurting the people you love versus that he really wanted, wished he could be hitting somebody else. <laughs> Maybe okay. it was Nick. <laughs> I wish you were my son so I could beat you. <laughs> <laughs> Have it coming, boy. Um, I also liked how he shoots the floor and then pretty much immediately apologizes for it. <laughs> I know. Sorry, <laughs> you're I'm... home, you're gone. <laughs> and what the hell was he doing anyway? I thought he was like going to open up the floor and pull something out. Yeah, me out. too. Yeah, me too. And uh, like immediately... Um, Following that, he said, "There's blood in it. It's in the earth. It's in the earth." What do, we, what do you guys think he was talking about there? All the dead bodies that he's buried down there, <laughs> like Ophelia, <laughs> of serial killing. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Who knows? God, I don't know. Yeah, I I, yeah, that might be a clue to something coming up. Yeah, it's interesting. But I mean, the title's "Red Dirt." So I wonder. Oh, uh, blood in the yeah, blood in yeah. The earth. It's like it alludes to the blood in the dirt. If that's what he was referring to, that's what I was thinking with red dirt. And maybe there's more to be, you know, when they were having the conversations about Walker and the mm-hmm. land, and was it stolen? Did they right, buy it? Red you know, what was the whole situation? Be, Did they? Right. You know, was there some sort of? Are, are we going to learn something more about maybe the history of that land? Maybe. I hope yeah, so. it could be like a racist way of saying native, native, native land. You know, red dirt. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Mine is. Broke Jaw Ranch versus Black Hat Reservation. We're shaping up to get, maybe we're going to get all out war on Fear the Walking Dead before we get it on Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Goddamn. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so far, we're mostly seeing this rivalry from Broke Jaw's point of view, and Walker and his people are painted as the other so far, like kind of like the saviors on The Walking Dead. They seem like the villains, but. The difference is that it involves Native Americans who are a group that are well known and and there's a lot of, I don't know, thoughts around that situation. So we can't just write them off as bad guys like we could with the saviors and things like that. You know, I don't, I don't even think we should write all the saviors off as bad guys. But um, anyway, you get my point. So I wanted yeah. to examine the two sides. So from Otto's side, he bought the land legally, at least he says. He didn't steal it. And uh, and then Jake and, and Otto won legal cases against Walker before 
the zombie apocalypse started, but the land was probably stolen from Walker ancestors, probably by maybe by, uh, well, I don't know if it was by Otto's ancestors, but by somebody. And so, um, and Otto says every acre you tread is owned and was owned before bought or leased or stolen in between the ranch was sold to my forebears. So I guess it was sold to his forebears. So maybe not even stolen by his ancestors. Um, and then also we saw that the, that Walker's people brutally killed, I think eight of the broke jaw people. And with that last one being totally disgusting with a crow or whatever. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, cool. so, and you know, and so that's the case for the, uh, now on Walker's side, I hope we get to see more of Walker's side of this. Um, cause I, I have a lot of feelings around what happened with the native Americans in this country. Ever since I was a little kid, I thought it was horrible that yeah. we just came in and pushed them off their land. And, uh, Jenny worked Here, on, have a smallpox blanket. Yeah. And, and, you know, have this small parcel of lands that's where the farming is the least good and, you know, stuff like that. So Jenny worked on this reservation for a little bit as part of her rotation in med school. She was, uh, it was the Rosebud reservation of the Oglala Sioux in South Dakota. And, uh, I was trying, I knew that. So I was trying to find out a little bit more about what Indian reservations are all about and what their arrangements are with the government. And so I asked her sovereign territory. Yeah, they're Mm -hmm. sovereign. And I was asking her uh, whether they had to pay anything for the land and she got mad. She was like, do you know how offensive of a question that is? They had to pay with their blood. And I was like, (laughs) but I'm just trying to know the logistics of this. (laughs) Just trying to understand. How dare you? Yeah, she was pissed. And uh, she kind of, I think she finally kind of realized that she was going a little far. But anyways, um, so an Indian reservation is a legal designation for an area of land managed by the Native American, by a Native American tribe under the U.S. Bureau of Indian Affairs, rather than the state governments where they're physically located. Each of the 326 Indian reservations in the United States are associated with a particular nation. The name reservation comes from the conception of the Native American tribes as independent sovereigns at the time of the U.S. Constitution was ratified. Thus, the early peace treaties often signed under duress in which Native American tribes surrendered large portions of land to the U.S. also designated parcels which the tribes as sovereigns, quote, reserved to themselves. So they came to be called reservations. And so they own the land and they get, I think they get health care from the government, but at least in Jenny's experience and for what little I know, they're mostly poor and isolated and there's not much of an economy because they're uh, self-contained. So they don't, uh, you know, unless they have a casino, there's a lot of casinos. Popping yeah, up there in- tends to be big mm-hmm. casino casino economies. I've, right. I've, I had met a couple people who were, uh, maybe I know in Connecticut there's a, uh, Big Mohegan Reservation, another big Pequot Reservation. Mohegan has Mohegan Sun Casino. Pequot has the, uh, the Foxwoods Casino. And I had met somebody who said that they got monthly checks from the government because they had, you know, a certain percentage native blood from one of these oh, tribes okay. in, uh, in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So the, the arrangements must uh, differ. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I read that the biggest one is bigger than Rhode Island, the Navajo 
I'm not sure where it is. Yeah, but not surprising. Yeah. Rhode Island's tiny. <laughs> uh, and so uh, she said that her, the tribe where she was at, got pushed out basically to the badlands where they couldn't really make a good living off of, off of the land because it wouldn't support enough cattle. But Otto describes the Black Hat Reservation. It's a truck stop, motel, and market, rocks and asphalt, liquor and oxy, drunken, diabetic, welfare cheats. Ugh. I feel your liberal judgment, but that's not racism. So, you know, I feel like, oh, after some time, instead of staying there, people who are subjugated are probably better off if they can find a way to come out and assimilate into the culture that subjugated them. But that's so shitty. <laughs> you know yeah, what I totally. mean? <laughs> like, it's a matter of pride and principle. And so it's kind of interesting and, and kind of great in a way to see how Fear the Walking Dead is like, oh, all of a sudden there's no law. So, and, and you know, like Otto sees these uh, Native Americans as being weak, but um, Madison's like, oh no, this guy had power and command. Yeah. And so maybe now in this lawlessness, they're like, all right, we're, we're going to take charge again. We're going to do to them what their ancestors did to our ancestors. Yeah. And it's interesting too. A lot of time it may it makes sense how people would see that statement as being really racist, but a lot of times when these people are subjugated and forced out of economies, um, like we were talking about, they end up being stuck in situations like this. Like I remember hearing lots of things about Inuits in certain areas of Canada that are like heavily addicted to huffing gasoline or like, you know, things like that where they, um, you know, there's big drug problems and there's no work and it sort of mirrors the situation that Otto was describing here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, it, but it's, <laughs> there's You're like Home Depot won't sell, like won't sell them paint, kill, paint thinner because they're like known to huff it or whatever. Right. And it's just yeah, a it's sad up. situation because yeah. in my view, and it's not necessarily because of the race, but they're pushed to it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it becomes a, a tribal thing, you know, like, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. I guess I would say it it is a racist thing because if one culture comes in and wipes out another culture and then out of a sense of guilt allows them some meager portion of what they had before, that feels like a hugely racist action to me. Sure. It starts as a racist thing. Yeah. Um, definitely. Uh it's not because of their race that they end up being drug addicts or. Oh, no, 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 no. Stuff. It's because of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a subjugation thing, like you right, said. Right, like, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so um, anyways, I, I just find all of this um, really fascinating to watch. And it's sad. And the part of me that thinks of this stuff as, oh, what if this was happening in real life? I really just want everybody to get along. I want it all to work out. I feel like Karen, you know. Uh, but mm -hmm. then, you know, that wouldn't make for very good TV. So we know there's going to be some bloodshed. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's what I keep thinking too, that they should just join the the ranch. Like yeah, more the better <laughs> work together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Rima number two, number two, I have, uh, Madison and Troy. Um, I find them just so fascinating to me their relationship is like the best thing going right now on this show that I could just watch all day long. Um, I think that to see how she manipulated him into taking action against Vernon and his family, I don't think that's what she intended for him to do, but to see, you know, like manipulate him into standing up and taking charge of the militia and the community and 
seeing how she manipulated him, you know, at the end of the episode, um, I, I just, I find it so fascinating and, and the turn of their characters. I mean, I, I don't think Troy is a very likable character, but I can't help but have just like a little bit of sympathy for him just based on how he grew up in his childhood, having mm-hmm. like two horrible parents and, you know, how he's, you know, trying to deal with that. And you can see he gets his dark side from his father when you see, you know, um, Jeremiah and how he is when he's drunk. That's obviously where Troy gets that behavior. And, you know, you can't, I I feel, I just have a little bit of sympathy for him and to see how he goes from like this little boy, you know, seeking approval and then seeing his dark side come out and then stepping up and, and he is capable of being that leader. And then to see like Madison, you know, how her character has kind of, you know, evolved throughout the seasons and how she's, you know, taking up with him. And it's so hard to tell. She plays it so well. It's hard to tell that she's, if she's really playing him or if she's really backing him. But right. I think, she, I yeah. think she's got an end game, you know, to try to take control of, of him and the family and take control of the ranch. Um, I just, I just find those two, it's such a dynamic relationship and I just find it fascinating to watch. And I just could watch their scenes over and over again. Yeah, good job uh, describing that. I think you pretty much nailed it. Yeah, I thought it thought it was particularly interesting that she decided to back Troy over Jake. You know, she said to him, like, your brother doesn't have what you have. Um, she asked him afterwards if he was capable of protecting them, and she's pushing him to step up to be a leader and to to run the militia and set an example. Pretty interesting to me. I feel like you're, you're talking about how she may have an end game. She's been pretty good at manipulating him so far. Maybe she's manipulating him into a place of control because she knows that she can manipulate him and mm-hmm. she'll really be in control when he's yeah. in control. It's the right. perfect storm. I mean, she knows that she can control him already. She's mm-hmm. using her guidance counselor skills and knows that he needs a mother figure. Mother figure. And yep. she's right. seen that he is singular in purpose and it's the same purpose that she has, basically, keeping that place secure. And that he's good at inspiring the people and, you know, organization and he can be be a good commander. So I don't think um, necessarily that she's got some like secret plan. She's just using him to get the people rallied together to keep the place safe. I think we saw the plan. It happened on this in this episode. I could be wrong. Right. No, I think you're probably right. Yeah, like she's she sees the potential in him and she sees that, you know, he needs a mother figure and that she can influence him. So she's using that to bring out the good qualities and the, the, the qualities that they need from Troy. Yeah. And so for Madison, being secure is is more important than morality. And I can understand that, you know, especially as a mother with two kids right there. But I, mm-hmm. I just keep thinking about Troy first killing all these people just to see how long it would take them to turn into zombies. And then um, this episode killing the Turnbulls, including Gretchen. And he didn't even intend on doing it, but he just couldn't control himself. That's uh, I don't know, man. I think even though he's got these positives going for him from madison's point of view those negatives should be too much so (laughs) yeah he's a fucking psycho killer and i i understand also uh remo what you're saying that you know it's it's tragic the way uh, he was brought up that that led him to that 
But where they are right now, I feel like he's got to die, man. If anybody in the history of The Walking Dead had to die, he would be in at least the top 10 list after what he's done. And I would, you know, try some other solution, you know, get get Jake and tell him, I don't know, or something. Yeah. He, he's like right up there with Shane Crazyville level. Yeah, even worse. Even worse. You know? Way worse, I yeah. would say. Um, other thing that I was He's like the was... Joker, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, maybe not quite that bad, but... <laughs> Um, I thought it was interesting, you know, she had met with him and said, you know, we need to prevent other people from leaving. I'll help you to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So when they found that, that the RV all shot up and everything, there were a few minutes there before he admitted to doing it where I thought that he and Madison had done it together. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I was like, holy shit. I mean, she's approaching that level of, you know, well, I'll do whatever it takes, but no, she wouldn't do that. (laughs) And I was sad to see poor Gretchen you know I yeah. thought um the, the the zombie breakfast club is dead and it might as well poor have Bible been study. Molly Ringwald up there with Anthony Michael Hall <laughs> <laughs> there's a reference I didn't get <laughs> Rima got it oh Shh, don't tell <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> don't you forget about me okay um, what's your number whatever are we on number three are we on to number three we were number two, two. um Rima's and mine were both the same Troy and Madison so your turn oh it's my turn okay so mine is about who will lead because I think this episode is about who can take charge and keep the group together and strong and it felt like they were really hinting for some reason that Otto is on his way out because Jake and Alicia were talking about who was going to lead next and uh Right. You know, land gets split up when he dies between us. Right. And I thought that was a little premature because he's actually seemed pretty large and in charge up until this episode. And healthy. Yeah. But suddenly he's like, I don't know what to do about Troy and I'm going back to drink. And so he's kind of falling apart. Um, And he took the back seat when they got home from their discovering of the RV and let Madison make the motivational speech. Yeah. And And people are coming up to him going, I think we're going to leave. And he's like, okay, go ahead. And they're like, uh, really? <laughs> or are you going to try to talk me out of it? So he he's um, not, not at his best right now. And he wants Jake to lead and he's sort of grooming him. He said, you talk to them. It's good. They start talking to you anyway, Jake. But yeah. uh, as we just talked about, Madison seems to think Troy has more potential. And Jake even has doubt himself about whether he can lead. Cause when, right. And I- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, so I was going to say, um, you're t- talking about how the, the this group of natives has sort of been introduced as a savior-esque, like, sort of enemy-type character. And largely that's the case. But At least from so far. Jake, yeah, from Jake, we got a different perspective where, you know, yeah. Walker's just trying to protect these people. They need him. They're trying to survive. And he sort of humanized them. A little bit. Them yeah. To, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he's he's more empathetic. And he wants to negotiate. And I love that little yeah. exchange between Alicia and Jake where uh, he said he he killed Travis. And Jake said he wasn't trying to kill Travis. And he said, no, he was trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. or, but, you know, he's got the Dale. He's got Dale syndrome right now. He's trying to negotiate, trying right. to be peaceful. So he's fucking dead, unfortunately. He's stuck <laughs> with Troy. I, yep. If this was Walking Dead proper, I would think 100%. I think it's probably 95 because <laughs> it's fear. <laughs> we don't know yet. But I think you're right. And I I identify uh, with him out of anyone. And, and it's it kills yeah, me, me because I know he seems, you know, he seems kind of 
week right now. And I just want him to go in and negotiate and succeed. But yeah, I doubt that's actually going to happen. I like the actor too, Sam no. Underwood. He's been in a lot of good stuff. He was in Dexter. He was in uh, the, uh, the, what was that movie or that TV show um, with Kevin Bacon and uh, the following boy, the following. Yeah. He's a good actor, man. Played twins in the following. I mean, I, as much as I want him to succeed and I identify with him, I think Troy is so much more interesting to watch right, right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So anyway, I think, but I do think that, you know, it's not going to be uh, between Troy and Jake. I think Madison's going to end up leading this place and she's going to be just like Rick Grimes in Alexandria. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. That's the big comparison everybody's making right now. Yeah, and Didn't you read I, an article really, about that last week? Maybe, yeah. But I'm really starting to see it this episode especially. Okay, yeah. number one. My number one is the potential downfall of the Otto family. And we've kind of touched on that um, already throughout everyone else's um, threes and twos. But, you know, just, just seeing like step by step how that's happening throughout the episode, how now Jeremiah <laughs> is now like the last of the founders, you know. Oh, yeah how that's kind of driving him to drink um, how Jake, when he confronts his brother and he's yelling at him in front of, you know, the, the Vernon family and the, and his, and the whole group um, to whenever he tries to stop them. And then he, you know, he, he punches him and then, you know, um, Jeremiah comes running up and then punches Troy and you just see this family falling apart. Um, you know, Jake leaving to talk to Walker, you know, he's leaving the, the ranch and going off and doing his thing. Uh, Troy killing Vernon and his family, uh, losing his control, um, kind of going against what his dad was wanting. You know, you see the, the family falling apart. They, they look so strong in the beginning, and now you see them getting, like, picked apart during this episode. And, and it's just interesting to see that dynamic and how the, the Clarks, Madison and Nick and Alicia, you know, kind of coming in and and kind of holding them up. And I, I still think like through them, they're going to be the ones taking control through the autos, whether or not they, they are just a figurehead or, or whatever. I just, I think that that's what Madison's looking to do, whether it's, you know, at the forefront or just behind the scenes, manipulating the situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if Madison thought that somebody else was in charge and was doing a really good job of keeping things nailed down and safe that she would be totally fine with that but yeah. it's not happening <laughs> right and it's it's the rick grimes syndrome you know wherever he shows up people who've been just fine up until then <laughs> start to yeah. die yeah. right <laughs> yeah it's funny you're talking about the uh the, the the destruction of the auto family and so far in this podcast we've said you know you know if there was a top 10 people who needed to die troy's on the list so boom there's one auto gone that we were talking about how they're talking about Jeremiah dying, you know, preemptively, essentially, like kind of foreshadowing, saying, oh, the land will be, you know, split up or whatever yeah. when he dies. So that's two. And Jake and is then, all empathetic and shit. Yeah. So, so he's going to die also. <laughs> yeah. So there, boom, that's all three. The auto has gone. And then uh, without even knowing it or knowing it or without it being intentional, the Clark family has sort of infiltrated the the, the autos and sort they're sort of employing a divide and conquer method right. at the same time you Without know, unintentionally really, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good good point Rima yeah I mean Alicia's trying to talk Jake out of being a good guy but he won't listen 
<laughs> or at least being a totally reckless right. good guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm not even uh, sure. I mean, she's got a damn good point. He tried to shoot him down. He's killing their men. He's lighting fires around the camp and telling them if they don't leave, he's going to come in and kill them all. I, I really don't yeah. think negotiation at this point is probably going to do any good. <clears throat> no. But we'll see. Okay, Duncan. Yeah, so while we're talking about Alicia and Jake and the, about Jake, how he's trying to do this uh, this negotiation, it's, it's funny that uh, that he's doing this because he's like, you know, I beat this guy in court. I've worked with him before. I know how to, how to deal with him. It's like, you're going to go talk to this guy on, in the zombie apocalypse on the street. He's going to be like, this fucking guy beat me in court. Blow his head I off. I know. I know. You know? And he'll be like, uh, Regulation 5, Chapter 4 says that we're entitled to this land. Yeah. And I also like the Alicia and Jake relationship. You know, she's not in love, but, you know, it could develop and he's into it. But I, I'm has sad this mission about that. that he's working on. About them being together. Well, that she's not really into him, and she's oh, yeah, she yeah, kind of yeah. likes him. Well, but she the most important that, thing you know. is that. You well, know, yeah, I don't. Think I don't know him. because well, okay, but you know, I don't think that she's fully into him. But you know, whenever she was having that little conversation with her mom, uh, you know, about her relationship with him and the whole birth control, you know, mention and stuff, and she's like, you know, I don't love yeah. him, and she's like, well, be careful because it can sneak up on you, and then. Later, you see her confronting him when she realizes right. that he's getting ready to leave. Mm. She seemed to care just a little bit more. Yeah, she's like, than, don't go. You know, don't go. She, yeah, she's like arguing with him. If you don't really care about him that much, you're not going to argue that hard. So yeah. sorry, guys. Yeah, she, from a girl's perspective, I have to disagree with you just a little no, bit. I, I agree. I yeah. feel like she was playing it down in front of her mom. You're right. Like, you know, it's not a big deal. Like, I don't love him or anything, but... See, when this is why we need Rima out. on the Legion podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ooh, I got to get caught up with that. That's oh, yeah, you do, man. You're going to yeah, go nuts watching that. Yeah. You're going to feel like yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> it's part of the Marvel universe, right? Or like X-Men related It is, or but it's really its own thing. Cool. You don't need to know anything else. Nope. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Rima. You know, she's playing it down for mommy, and then she finds out that he's leaving and it sort of hits her and she realizes that she does care about him and she begs him to stay and i think i just i like them as a couple so hopefully he doesn't die basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, i I really dug that whole birth control he's like she's like rhythm method i was with uh with uh what's his name uh jake and she's all you know the rhythm method is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's birth control in the pantry. I'm sorry, but the stakes are so much higher now, which is good. You know, they're actually worried about pregnancy. I bet that birth like, control's expired, yeah. though. What Isn't that where before. we all keep it in the pantry? <laughs> it depends on what kind of birth control it is. <laughs> uh, the rhythm method is is fine if you take careful, keep careful track. Isn't it? Well, it's it's. I mean, it can be fine, but the thing is that women can ovulate unpredictably. So uh, one could pop out here, two could pop out there, and uh, right. it might not necessarily line up with the, so you uh, might, the cycle, even yeah. if your cycle's stable. You might have a stable cycle for months in a row, and then all of a sudden have one go randomly, especially yep. when you're uh-huh. in a new new uh, environment with with new women, right? Like you start <laughs> I don't know. lining up, your cycles start lining up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of sync up. <laughs> yeah, that was. What about on a, zombie women though? Show did, recently, did their cycles line up? I think they're all postmenopausal. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
what, what show was that? Oh, oh, Glow, Glor- Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Their cycles all lined up. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Anyway, I've never like heard it. of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's by the same. Well, Genji Kohan, who did Orange is the New Black, she's one of the executive producers, and it's about the '80s uh, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and uh, Mark Maron's in it. It's pretty good. Nice. Okay, so my number one is Madison and Troy, which we've pretty much covered, I think. Um, I liked when this just kind of was really offhanded, but in the armory, Madison said to Troy, looking for something to take out the old man, I've been there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was some subtle psychological manipulation, I bet, just to get him to think that she's well, on his side. We learned, I'm probably right, but we did learn that her dad was an alcoholic, I think, a couple episodes ago. So it's yeah. like, dude, did you about try that. to kill your dad? <laughs> well, she definitely thought about it, apparently. <laughs> she wanted to, yeah. Right. And then uh, we didn't really talk too much about what she did at the end, but she totally lied. I mean, she... She manipulated everybody into deciding to stay and fight with some truths and one big lie. She said there's nothing. She turned it. Yeah. She turned it into a false flag attack. Basically yeah, is what it is. Yeah, like tr- Troy right. killed those guys. You know, he's holding their flag. He represents their ranch. And she basically blamed took this on attack the on their own people and blamed it on the enemy. To create and, fear. Uh, and Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, she gave the live together, die alone speech. Right, and that's uh, the part yeah. that works. And next, she's gonna be like, "We are the Walking Dead." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She said, "There's nothing but death outside," which is true, and also that. Uh, well, this part we don't know, but she said Walker's people aren't strong strong enough to really take them on, so they're just trying to scare them off the land and take a family or two at a time. That was something that Otto said that she thought would be useful, so she repeated it. Yeah, and yeah, that they're stronger together, which I think is actually true. They could band together and go somewhere else but that would kind of suck all right notes any notes what do you guys think about the um you know they have a difference of opinion for strategy when uh, otto and jake and troy and madison were all sitting around right after they returned and um you know otto doesn't want to attack i believe he wants to continue um with their caution troy's all about attacking what do you guys think is the best strategy um, wait, I didn't catch that. So th- it's talking about how to deal with Walker and his men either proactively or not. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, good what question. do you guys think would be the best well, way to handle that? I mean, I like, I really want Jake's negotiation to work out. So that's me personally. But if, if your goal is to just fight, then I think it'd probably be best to be proactive, get the element of surprise. Hmm. But who knows that then that would be like engaging them in their own territory. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah. Fighting an insurgency. Not a good, not a good plan. Any thoughts, Rima? I mean, I think that they're better off staying where they're at. If they leave, they're just more vulnerable as we've seen, like with the group at the outpost. So, yeah. I mean, I think that they're, they're behind the walls. They have protection. They have you know, their armory, and I think in the numbers, they're the strongest. I think if you start leaving and, and, and you know, head out to go after them, I think that's more dangerous, just my yeah, opinion. you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Every time we've seen them go out alone, um, they've encountered they difficulties. They yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like even just a helicopter, just that simple trip, and they're in a, you know, a helicopter. You're not thinking anybody's going to fuck with you while you're 
that high above the ground, right? Basically, but even then they weren't safe. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I'm looking forward to the negotiation. Ideally, I think it would be best to combine forces. Um, although I don't see it necessarily playing out that way, right. unfortunately. <laughs> Not on this show. Yeah. <laughs> what else? I did notice a lot of long sleeves and hoods for this weather. This episode again. Yeah, they do that if it's like The Walking Dead, just because they don't want to have to put makeup all over people. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Nick had said that Luciana went south with some new people to Mexicali. Yeah. Just making that up. Like, Well, he le- she left a note. Oh, right. So it right, could have been so in I the couldn't, note. Yeah, I didn't. I can't read Spanish. So. I mean, I hope no. she fell in the same black hole that uh, Ophelia is in. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I think Ophelia is coming back, but I think maybe Luciana. I mean, who knows? But I kind of hope she doesn't come back. And um, the little story I made up in my mind is that um, <laughs> you know when Nick and, and showed her how you put guts all over yourself to avoid the zombies. And she just mm-hmm. had a little smear here or there. And I think I read something that the actress, Danae Garcia, didn't like the idea of getting too gooped up. And so they said, oh, we got to get rid of this girl. So they fired her. <laughs> That's so funny. That's totally wow. made up in my head. But <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Rima, any notes? No, that I think we have covered everything. Well, I got a couple. <laughs> so um when Boom. when they went to they were trying to find the Turnbull family and they found the truck they're sneaking around the side hearing rah, rah, rah. it's like why don't you step away from the side of the truck and walk around the long way that's what i kept thinking i thought you know some zombie was going to jump out and bite one of them it was kind of a stupid move in my opinion um let's see i liked when otto said to madison uh, some men they have kids turns them into women because that makes him a racist and a sexist <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was funny and she kind of like had yeah. a look of yeah. no, that, that, like, that was not funny that was not funny no. I did not like that comment at all and then uh, I loved the fires all around the ranch that the yeah Indians, that was cool yeah the Native Americans it's creepy what else and uh I liked how Gretchen kind of had a normal look on her face for a second. Like it was her old self. And then she got, yeah, yeah, that was good too. Her zombie uh, acting there was, was unique for zombies that we've seen so far. I thought it was pretty effective. Like, you know, zero to 60. Yeah. Yeah. It it almost reminded me of, um, yeah, it almost reminded me a little bit of like Sophia in the barn. When Sophia comes Mm -hmm. out, it's like she, you, you see, like, you don't the see zombie Sophia. You see the yeah. little girl. You mm-hmm. see Sophia, not the, yeah, not the walker. You still see the so. humanity. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I thought she did a really good job mm-hmm. with that, uh, that little role there. And last, I just wanted to ask, do you guys miss Travis? Uh, just a little bit because he got so badass there at the end. <laughs> but <laughs> if that hadn't happened, then I'd say no. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I was like, do I miss him? Kind of a little bit. But then if he was back... <laughs> I think I do miss him. I do. I wasn't necessarily the hugest Travis fan when he was um, refusing to kill the walkers and um, not necessarily stepping up to the, the plate. But the more unhinged he became, the more I enjoyed watching him. Yeah. For sure. He just seemed like such a downer all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's kind of castigating everybody all the time. Well, and I think he had to go just to propel Madison to where she's at right now. It's like Rick when when Lori died. You know, we, we wouldn't have Rick where he is if Lori had still been alive. So right, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah got to go, got to old with the out with the old, in with the new. You know, the mentor's got to die so the student can become the master. <laughs> uh, what do you uh, what do you, you guys think he's actually dead though? Yes, you know what was it yes. two episodes ago and they found the inmates. Madison out of nowhere, you know, when everybody just assumes that Travis is dead for, you know, very good reason. She's like, we got to find Travis, you know, it's like, what? So I wonder if they were hinting at some sort of miraculous return of this character at some point. I would be shocked. A listener wrote in, I don't remember their name. I didn't even put it in the um, email, but I told him if that does happen, I will definitely dig that up and give him credit for it. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) Okay. That's good. I think that's good. So let's take a little break. Yeah. There's more to come. Stay with us. threat to untold numbers of citizens the people he kills get up and kill are they slow moving chief yeah they're dead they're all messed up this is a walking dead cast news update okay quite a few items this week first okja came out on netflix the movie with steven young karen and i saw it it was really good it was fun steven young was really good and uh, nice. we're going to talk about it in this month's Patreon call-in show. So if you're a Patreon supporter at any level, you can you can hear us talk about it probably just a little bit. Cool. Yeah, I saw it on there. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, though. Yeah, we'll check it out. Next, according to a Hollywood Reporter, Stephen Yun is one of the most in-demand actors this pilot season, juggling multiple offers from various networks. So it'll be interesting, interesting. to see where he ends up if he ends up on a TV. I thought maybe he would try to you know, become a movie star, but I guess we'll see. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, the 2017 Saturn Awards, which is awards presented by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, happened last week. And Walking Dead came away with at least three awards. They got Best Horror TV Series. They were the only one in the category. No, I'm just kidding. There was uh, <laughs> Ash vs. Evil Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, Vampire Diaries, American Horror Story, Teen Wolf, and Exorcist, and, and Walking Dead won. Oh, man. Nice. Then, yeah, there's some good ones in there. Yeah. Then uh, the Best Actor on a TV Series went to Andrew Lincoln. On any TV Ooh. series, understandable. He's yeah, he's he's outstanding actor. When you meet him in person, you know how like good he is at acting because he's totally different. <laughs> yeah, he's like <laughs> charming and gentle, <laughs> super down to earth. Yeah, down to earth. Yeah, uh, that the other nominees were Mike Coulter from Luke Cage, Charlie Cox who's Daredevil, Grant Gustin who's Flash, Freddie yeah. Highmore of Bates Motel. And Sam Hugan, Hugan of Outlander, and Bruce Campbell. So that's some nice. pretty stiff competition there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot of comic book characters in there too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is all fantasy, horror, sci-fi stuff. True. And then guest performance on a TV series was Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who was up against Anthony Hopkins for Westworld. 
Oh, wow. Nice. Way to go, JDM. <laughs> yeah, beating beating Anthony Hopkins at something, that's a life achievement right there. As much as I love him, I don't agree with that one. <laughs> I think Anthony Hopkins <laughs> is so good in Westworld. <laughs> he was. He was fantastic in Westworld, yeah. that's for sure. I I just <laughs> caught up on the uh, like all the Marvel movies over the past couple of weeks because I hadn't seen most of them, and I, I was really excited to see him as Odin. Yeah. The Thor yeah. Like, Fuck yeah. He played Hrothgar and uh in Beowulf as well. I guess mm-hmm. he likes Norse Norse stuff. You want to see another good Odin? Check out Ian McShane in American Gods. Yes. Ooh. Awesome. <laughs> Do that. Yeah, that sounds fun. Okay, next. Tova Feldshaw, who played Deanna, is president on new CBS series Salvation. Who's Deanna? That was her name, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that was what Abraham He's said. He's Abraham's oh. quote. <laughs> So this show is about the ramifications of the discovery of an asteroid that will impact the Earth in six months. Ooh. It sounds like a Michael Bay movie. (laughs) (laughs) Pre-impact. Does not speak well for it. (laughs) It's a cool cool concept, Uh, though. I like stuff like that. She does seem like a good president. Okay. Uh, Comic-Con's coming up, and they've announced who is going to be at the panels. It's Friday, July 21st. There will be Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and Preacher panels, and almost the full casts of each show will appear for the panels, including a lot of writers and producers and stuff. Here's an interesting little tidbit for Fear the Walking Dead. If you don't want to be spoiled on anything, I guess you should go to the next section, listener feedback right now. So... One person I noticed who was not going to be on that panel is Danae Garcia, who plays Luciana. And one person who is on it is Mercedes Mason, who plays Ophelia. Hmm. I think that might say something, but we'll see. Um, I also thought it was mm-hmm. cool that Seth Rogen and Garth Enos are going to be there for Preacher. Seth Rogen, is, he brought it to TV, and Garth Ennis was the guy who mm-hmm. wrote the comic. So you told me you started uh. watching it, Rima? Yeah, this weekend. So what do you think? I like it. <laughs> How far did you yeah. get? You know, not as far as what I would have liked. Apparently, there was just a lot more festivities um, that I needed to attend um, that <laughs> took away from my show watching. So I applaud um, that. <laughs> yeah, I'm in um, uh, episode three right now of the first season, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's got some really great characters. I love all the weird you know, it reminds me just a little bit in a different way, of course, but like it reminds me a little bit of Ash versus Evil Dead, which yeah. I absolutely love. So it's 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 a lot like that. So that's I think what um, really draws me to it, and I love Tulip so far. Um, yeah. So yeah, so good. I'm I'm really loving it. What about nice. you? yeah? That's on my list of you, stuff to watch too. Oh, I haven't dude, seen it yet. you gotta watch it. It's so good. The characters, uh, the friendship between the preacher and this vampire is so yes. great, and the girl too. And uh, there's vampires. There's one, and <laughs> it's so uh, sacrilegious, which I kind of dig. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. It's, it's awesome. It's funny and it's it's super gory. It's very inventive and crazy and all good things. <clears throat> I consider myself a devout atheist, so I'm, I'm probably yeah. enjoy it as well. <laughs> yeah, you would. It's really great. Okay, next. If you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con in July, you can win a chance to interview the cast of The Walking Dead and take pictures with them. Entertainment Weekly is putting on this contest. Uh, there's like a little quiz that you need to take. 
So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So just check out the show notes if you might be interested in that. Uh, next, AMC finally announced that Better Call Saul is going to be renewed for season four. because this last season was so good oh my gosh they're getting all kinds of breaking bad stuff in there now yeah so great yeah so i'm i'm stoked for that that's a show that every time a new one comes on i'm watching it right away nice i've been sort of letting it build up so i can marathon it that's Uh, probably a good idea most of the first Mm -hmm. season and i really liked it so i've been really excited seeing uh you know john carlo esposito and yeah and all these people back on the show. Mm-hmm. On he's the show. in Ultra, show by the first way. Time, but... too. Oh, really? Yeah, he has nice. a pretty small part, but he's in it. Cool. And then last, uh, Star Trek Discovery, also known as STD, <laughs> <laughs> debuts <laughs> on September 21st. Maybe if it's just not to be crude about it, I'll say ST colon D. Uh, uh, Is that better? No. Yeah, <laughs> now you're throwing the colon in there. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Star Trek Discovery. So uh, apparently the producers are hinting that they're taking a cue from Game of Thrones and that major characters might die off in Star Trek. So it might be different Ooh. than the usual thing. Interesting. Wow. Well. Yeah. All right. That's it for the news. Let's move on to listener stuff and things. Uh, <laughs> stuff and thanks Um, (laughs) Rima want to go first sure Santos Sanchez says love it as I always do loving Nick's evolution who would believe him being the voice of reason and the man of restraint I have many questions though why didn't Madison and crew raid the prison bus zombies of their shoes instead of walking back to the ranch shoeless I think it would be pretty gross to wear <laughs> shoes that came off a corpse, but I guess if you're desperate, that's probably a good point. Yeah. I think after you see their feet by the time they get to the ranch, it doesn't seem like such a bad idea at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on to say, why didn't anyone explain to the deserters that if they leave, they'll only get ambushed and end up supplying the natives, even though it was really Troy that caused their demise. I think um, maybe, you know, they said, get off our land or we'll kill you. So there's a chance that the Indians just want the land and they wouldn't bother them if they left. There's a chance. Yeah. And it's probably, it's pretty likely that they would have left them alone. It wasn't, you know, they didn't end up killing them at all. It was Troy. So Yeah. Right. So his next question, what's up with Madison from covering up for Troy to building him up as the ultimate savior? She's she's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) She just wants to protect her kids. She'll do anything. She's she's protecting her family. She sleeps well at night. She'll put somebody else into the leader role, make them a target so her family's safe instead of having one of them be the target and the leader for now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And finally, is someone going to take Troy out before he becomes the next governor? Kabasi is. <laughs> someone will. Right. He says, looking forward to the mid-season finale. P.S. Where the hell is Ophelia? Under the floorboards. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> off. Kristen Hall says, is it Hal or Hall? You know? Hall. Hall? Yeah. Hall? Okay, Kristen Hall, Hall says... Kristen Hell. What, hell? Kristen Hell. <laughs> Kristen Hell, fire Kristen. and damnation. <laughs> it says, 
looks like each Clark has been paired up with an auto. Not sure if it's on purpose, but it's interesting how that worked out. Also, Jeremiah and Madison are exercising their demons a little with Nick and Troy. They seem to be really, or they seem to be trying to parent them and erase past mistakes. I hated that I agreed with Troy this week. Not with a psycho killing of the Trimble family, though. Up until them, I was almost sick to my stomach, though, because I could see where he was coming from. His abuse from his parents sheds a lot of light on why he is the way he is. Happy 4th of July, all. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Happy 4th of July. Woo! Kathy <laughs> Lund says, I see many bad things in the future of the Otto family because Jake is the voice of reason and defender of Troy. The Walking Dead formula means his days are probably numbered. Then there you go. it'll yep. be Rancho de Troy y Madison. But, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, everyone else clearly has access to water and shampoo. Nick needs to wash his damn hair. <laughs> yes. Agree 100%. Okay, Laura Willie Swink says, I appreciate that the show actually addresses real-life problems of the apocalypse, like birth control and the yeah. consequences of getting pregnant in their world now. Something maybe Lori Grimes should have thought about. Shocked face. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> instead, I'm, she tried to take like something that would not have worked to give herself an abortion or something. Remember, she had Glenn She did go Plan get, B. Yeah. And then threw it up. Because it was way too late uh, in her. Yeah, she didn't waste any time. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So she goes on to say, what I'm really enjoying about the show is the layers of complexity in writing. Like Jeremiah, the things he says are sometimes blatantly racist, and at times what he says almost makes sense, especially in the world they live in. I like that all the characters, whether protagonists or antagonists, are not clearly black and white, but similar to real-life people, several shades of gray. I also like that the Madison-Troy dynamic is putting Nick and his mom at odds, creating an interesting dynamic for the two of them. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah it's good having characters that are shades of gray. That's yeah. one thing that Game of Thrones is really good at, too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's cool to see the Love Walking Dead doing that as well. Yeah, and I yeah. think fear yeah. is even more like that than The Walking Dead proper. Right, yeah, that's what I meant, Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. Which, is, <laughs> Specifically. which is cool. Yeah, yep. definitely. Cheryl Rainey Fox says, Madison blaming Walker for killing the family and then asking Troy if he can restrain himself is like asking a tornado to stop its whirling in midstream. It will be a huge disaster, but I look forward to it. That's <laughs> 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 <Yep. laughs> And then we got an email from Troy from Greensboro, North Carolina. <clears throat> hey guys, first I'd like to say I'm a longtime listener and I enjoy what you guys do covering The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. I discovered you guys a few Walking Dead seasons ago and I turned you on to my wife and now she enjoys listening to you guys as well. Awesome. Just wanted to write in because I was tickled when I heard y'all discussing in episode four the moment when Nick took what Jeremiah Otto said as racist. Otto said when we're in crisis we regress to our own. Jason, tickle, 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 tickle. <laughs> Jason took it the same way. However, Cindy and Duncan said they were not thinking anything like that. I asked myself, how could they not take it that way? LOL. Then I remembered me being a black man. They're not equipped with the same antenna that I am. Of course, that's how I took it. And I still believe that's what he meant because this is what I've been thinking since episode one. Why all the clues are there plain as day. One first red flag was them separating Madison and Alicia from the rest. Travis, Nick, and Luciana when they first captured were captured, Nick being packaged with Luciana. Doomsday 
or two doomsday preppers, anti-government gun enthusiasts. Honestly, a lot of these types tend not to be exactly welcoming to my kind. Three, again, me being black. One thing I always notice when watching a show, the number of black people present, not a single black person in their entire small army or in the entire camp or brown, yellow, red, etc. LOL. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that. Good, good point. And then four, in Otto's old commercial, he makes these comments. Our country is ablaze. If only our ancestors could see the chaos in modern America. Cities are overrun with foreign nationals and the casualties of corporate dictatorship. And as he's making that last statement, the video is showing images of immigrants and drugs. So yes, that's how we took it. LOL. I think it will be revealed that the autos are clearly separatists. I'm not sure what that means. I guess, I mean, they are separate, but anyway, I didn't mean to write a book. I don't expect you to read this on the air. (laughs) I just (laughs) thought it was funny the way different people perceive different things. Thanks for all you do. We will be listening. Thanks for the email, brother. Yeah, Th- thanks, Troy. Thanks for writing in. That's a good perspective. Can we, I mean, can we trust him, though? His name is Troy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kidding. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you have to say here. I also think that, uh, as we've been saying, it's great that this show is doing a good job as uh, presenting people as f- fully fleshed out, complicated characters who aren't just one thing. And I do hope that we get to see... Uh, the walker walker side of this whole thing too yeah and and uh it's cool also because it's sort of even with all like uh, having um these points being you know pointed out to us it still leaves it ambiguous like we don't know for sure yet it wouldn't surprise me if it you know it goes either way though for sure mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it would surprise me because especially the way that troy was separating them out that was that's yeah, a, that, I didn't notice that either. That's a, that that's was a, a good point. Big, and then killing the the other ones. Ugh. All right. Well, I wanted to present that view. I thought it was great. You wrote in, so thank you again. Yeah. And Thanks, next Troy. is uh, our one call from Phil, who called I think about last week's show. Here we go. Hello, Jason. Uh, this is Phil. Um, I really liked your your show on episode two sixty seven one hundred for the fear of the Walking Dead. Um, I've always felt the fear is, is not as, uh, doesn't have as much heart as the original show was, especially in the, in the beginning, in the beginning of seasons. But, um, this one I think was, was my favorite of the series. And I don't know whether it's because it's, they have, it's in Mexico and the different, there's different people, different language. The actors are, are more expressive or the, you know, it's just written better, but, uh, everything that happens seems to happen in Mexico opens up another chapter. It's more interesting and more heartfelt. But anyway, that's my my, my two cents. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Bye. Thanks, Phil. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. All right. That's our show, episode 269. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to give us a call, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com, especially if you're a Game of Thrones fan. We're gearing up, as I mentioned with game of microphones so if you haven't checked that out yet i hope you do i'm pretty sure it's gonna be 
me and Duncan here, who's, I think you should have Maester in your title. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't think Maesters can, uh, you know, get married though. So. Oh, so forget that. <laughs> yeah, you're celibate. I'll be forget style. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, and I think Melissa, as much as she can, will be on that. So Yay! It's gonna be an awesome crew. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll get some guest hosts in there too. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm really looking forward to this year. All right, that's our show. Michael Wally. Wally. I said, la, la, la.